0: This is Lauren Kozlowski of the Roach Coach Podcast, and you are listening to Discography Discussion.
1: You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 228 Filter. Hosted by Dan Terry. Because
2: if I find out who I loaned it to and they didn't give it back, I'm going to kill them.
1: Lauren Keslowski of The Roach Coach. If you liked one
0: 7-Dust record, then by default, you like all 7-Dust records.
1: And Joseph Wren. Perfect, as always. Except for that time you said that thing about that record I like. I'm not going to name yeah. names because you have over 200 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you take a picture because it lasts longer, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. Lauren Kozlowski is here. The Dean is in the house.
2: Thank you, guys. Thank you. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Discography Discussion. My name's Dan. Uh, I'm here pretty much on every video, so, you know, there's that. You guys don't care about me. Uh, Joe's here to co-host, and we have a very, very special guest for you tonight. We have the Dean of New Metal himself, Lauren Kozlowski of the Roach Coach Podcast. How are you doing tonight, Lauren?
0: Doing great, doing great. Always happy to talk with you guys, and especially for talking about my beloved filter. All always, always hail Freddy.
1: the Dean of New Metal.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if the
2: title of Dean is that is that royal. It is now. Well, okay, well, fair enough. Uh, We have a really fun discussion for you guys tonight, Uh, mostly because, honestly, I really hadn't listened to that much filter growing up. I didn't have the history with him that everybody else did other than Short Bus, which I had to listen to every day for weeks and weeks at a time uh, whenever I was younger uh, because I was doing a paper route with a guy uh, and we were rolling up all of his papers and he only wanted to listen to Short Bus. Wait a second. Uh, Wait a second. You delivered papers? No, I didn't deliver the papers. I rolled the papers up and put them in sleeves, and then somebody else that didn't have to listen to short Bus
1: delivered the papers. That explains all the holes in the plastic. yeah, maybe I mean I don't know we, we,
2: were, we were listening we were listening to filter. we were angsty, you know um, one thing led to another, and you ended up with uh, with a lot of very angrily rolled newspapers. but uh, I have to say that after listening to the discography, um, I definitely had a very different impression of the band from what the band actually was
1: like whatever my daily impression was so uh but you know that we'll we'll get into all that i remember listening to filter when they were on the radio because i didn't have enough money to buy the albums i wanted and the filter records but i do remember many times dan calling out filter as that band that nobody talks about like that was your underground sensation before you were talking about Zayo 247 366 or 365 depending on what year it is and it was always it's like 9-inch nails but it's not Trent Reznor's loop collection <laughs> and that was your big selling point i didn't say it was one of your best points but that was the message that you gave to everybody i think you were just calling out filter to be like i'm hip even if you don't believe it because i listen to filter I don't listen to Radiohead. That's too old school for me. I listen to Radiohead and Filter. He admitted that it. Year. Yeah. It's fine.
2: <laughs> I'm not wor- I'm not worried about it. Uh you know maybe maybe music was a coolness contest when I was like 13, but It was. Uh Now 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 I don't care. I, filter uh Radiohead 9 inch nails, you name it. It was all It was all my jam. But uh really only Shortbus was my jam. Like that's the, all I knew and I'd be like, "Oh yeah." Cuz it was one of those things where you hear something from a band and then you say, somebody's all like, oh, yeah, you ever heard of Filter? And you just kind of look at him real sly and you go, yeah, Filter. You know, like, you know, you may not actually know, but but you pretend like, you know. Uh, so Short Bus was, was about it. And we were probably listening to that after, well, after it had it had been out for several years. So <laughs> I really didn't know what I was talking about back then. But uh, the guy that probably has the best perspective on Filter, Lauren, what got you into Filter?
0: Uh, well, definitely hearing Hey Man, Nice Shot. I remember it got played on the local radio station all the time. And I really became like ubiquitous. It was used in um, this pretty famous episode of The X-Files uh, that Jack Black was in with Giovanni Ribisi. I think Giovanni Rubisi has like electrical powers or something like that. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. yeah. Callbacks. And, um, yeah, and so I uh, I remember yeah, just hearing that song a lot, and then I believe someone lent me Short Bus, and I remember listening to it on a on a family trip, and thinking this thing this thing rips this thing is something else, and then they made uh you know their various soundtrack appearances the next couple of years the Spawn soundtrack this Crow City of Angels soundtrack, um I think they were yeah they were on an X Files soundtrack too, uh, with the cover. And so when Title of Record dropped in 99, I was like, let's fucking go. Yeah. All <laughs> right. The boys are back. And, and yeah. And then I was, I mean, Title of Record was a huge record for me. Very, very excited when that came out. Um, and I listened to that to death. And then uh, I really kind of just stuck with them over the years and just kind of following the whole Richard Patrick sort of ups and downs of it all um there was on real listening it was very interesting to see where my opinion sort of shifted on some records that i felt kind of calcified a little bit and uh so there were some surprises uh, a few disappointments but overall a, a pretty satisfying listen overall and and i definitely i definitely think like there's some obvious peaks and uh reading through some of the uh, the background and the making of some of these albums it was interesting to see, you know, where Richard Patrick was sort of letting someone else kind of hold the reins versus when he was really taking control and how that sort of ends up playing out. And I don't really have an overall thesis of like, this works for him versus this doesn't. There is more of just like, this time it worked, this time it didn't. And next, let's get him back in the booth again and see what he does next time. Um but uh, but more than more than anything else, I think it's it's a it's a a very fun listen. And the guy, when the guy's in, when he's in the pocket and he knows what he's doing, it's the best stuff. It's just the best stuff. And the thing that's funny is that the Nine Inch Nails comparison is interesting because he's obviously from the band, and obviously like the interest level of like why he was in Nine Inch Nails as their touring guitarist definitely played into you know why he was in the band and then what he took out of it, but. They don't, they they don't really line up one to one because I can listen to Nine Inch Nails and be like, "Yeah, this guy's a genius," like he's just got like genius shit. Absolutely. And, and I listen to Filter and I go, "This guy's a, a a very good songwriter and he definitely has an interesting style, but he is not a genius." And it's okay, it's okay that he's not a genius. I think sometimes there's this feeling that everybody needs to be like the best. You listen to the best band. This guy's a a virtuoso it's like that just sometimes being pretty good and just rolling through life being pretty good is a okay
2: that's definitely a theme that we're going to be revisiting too because i think that what you just said about being pretty good consistently is something that i've seen a lot of geniuses screw up <laughs> you know yeah and uh and you know like we'll get into it when we talk about the records but uh consistency is kind of kind of the word of the night you know this is uh I never thought I would say this about filter, but, uh, they kind of are a sure thing.
0: Yeah. You really, you really know for the most part, what you're going to get with each record. There are a few like moments that diverge, but for the most part, it's a, it's a, it's pretty rock solid. Um, and when they, when they kind of screw something up, it's more of like, uh, it, it more than often than not, it feels like they're attempting to recapture something that they did before. And it's like, mm, you can't. Can't catch it twice.
2: Yep, yep. I've got a very specific example of that when we get to it. Um, we're probably the same one everybody does, but uh, <laughs> before we uh, before we get into it, though, I would like to read a couple of uh, a couple of comments uh, in reference to our episode on Incubus uh, that we just released. Uh, well, before the Skindred one. Uh, <laughs> Skindred's out already, but uh, yeah, as of the recording of this. Sorry, guys. I've been out of it for a little bit. I had COVID for a week, and I'm, I'm just slowly easing my way back into the world. So uh forgive me here but uh in reference to the Incubus episode uh Jake Latimer says after morning view it was all over fungus is so underrated. Uh wholeheartedly agree. Um well I don't know though. You can't that see that's leaving out a crow left the mur- a, a crow left of the murder which I think is better uh than morning view. <laughs> but you know, we we talked about it already. I can I can let it go. <laughs> Lee Ridebird says, I'm down for these hot takes. Uh, I wonder if that was before or after you listened to the episode, because I don't necessarily think that we said anything that would have been all that different than the, uh, than the general Incubus fan base, because we're part of it, you know? So we kind of are of the hive mind there.
1: I mean, I had the big hot take where I said, Morning View is not an album that I enjoy. But beyond that, A Crow Left to the Murder is most people's jumping off point I've found, with a few exceptions hanging on for Light Grenades. But you're absolutely correct. Fungus Among Us, those songs, it's extremely underrated. It is astonishing to me how many Incubus fans have not really sat down and listened to Science, and how many really haven't listened to Fungus Among Us. I'm not saying that they're the most defining songs of that band, but... They are completely underrated explosions of energy and insanity that must be consumed, and you are fooling yourself if you think Incubus is that pretty band that wrote Drive, and that's all they are. Now, they definitely are that, but they did some batshit things along the way. <laughs> so, you're, so you're
2: saying that uh, if you're going to listen to science, you have to listen to all 26 minutes of uh, Calgon? At least once, yes. Okay, well, I did that. I don't think I'm gonna do it again. You've been um, doing it for
1: years. Shut the fuck up.
2: <laughs> Ryan Ryan Rose says, "I think I know like two and a half of these albums, and I only recently tried Crow Left because the song was featured on Letterkenny. Kenny." Well, I mean, you know, we all have our own reasons why we end up checking a band out. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, he checks out some more. Hopefully, he likes it. I don't know. As long as you like the episode, buddy, that's all I'm here for. There uh, you go. There yeah. you go. And let's see, we had uh, we had a comment on YouTube about our well about John's episode about him uh, <laughs> episode. Uh, hey, Stupid. We were there too. <laughs> oh yeah, we were there. Uh, so in reference to episode 218, the band him not an episode about John. Um, satanic puppy overlord says, unironically love this band. Lmao, it's so out of left field for my taste. Uh, and I gotta say that I pretty much agree with that statement. It's very out of left field. i w- I still wouldn't say that it really fits into the realm of my tastes. I mean, John's not here, so he can't defend himself. But uh, <laughs> what you mean, you're a Sony Walkman? Uh, let's just say I'm really glad that he took uh, that he took front front and center on that episode.
0: That's a band that I've only really ever seen represented by shirts. I don't think I've ever heard a song.
1: Are you saying you haven't heard Rip out the Wings of a Butterfly, lauren? no, i'm
0: thirty nine years old absolutely have not heard that song
1: absolutely not
2: <laughs> i hadn't heard it either i don't think i'd listen to a single hymn song before we did that episode and then i listened to all of them and predictably said almost nothing throughout the entire episode
0: what 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 is is him an acronym
2: uh his infernal majesty
0: all right i'm done with this guy Forget which don't
2: it. get me wrong don't get me wrong if the band was straight up called his internal majesty i would have at least checked it out oh if i hadn't heard that the,
0: yeah. yeah what's his hurry you know why is it i gotta be him i'm in a hurry i got places to be i'm just i him ask me later what it means
2: well there was a I'm period gonna, of time too where they changed the name to her when they i think it was when they came over to the u to the u.s um this no. is all information i didn't know like six months ago uh, but but here we are. Uh, yeah, they changed their name to Her because I guess there was another band called Him that existed. So then you've got like the Battle of Hymns and they're just like, yeah, we're just going to go with Her. And then it's no longer does the Infernal Majesty really register.
0: Well, there is a group called Her. They've won like a bunch of Grammys, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. So it's yeah. getting more and more strange as we go along with this very <sighs> oh, simple right. acronym, Lauren.
2: Oh, All right. right. Well, let's right. get off of him. We, we did that already. That's an episode that exists out on the Internet that you can go listen to. John will tell you all about it.
1: Well, before Dan tells us that the only way is the wrong way, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We're on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, twitch.tv forward slash discuss metal dan for all your game streaming and live recording needs so if you have an amazon echo or a google home you have no excuse ask it to play the latest episode of the discography discussion podcast and it will we're also on facebook and on twitter at discuss metal be sure to like favorite and subscribe it really helps us out it lets us know you're listening and now dan is going to tell us all about five star reviews yeah you know five star reviews
2: Leave us a review if you can. I think the only podcast app that you can leave us a review on is Apple Podcasts. Uh, I don't think I've even seen a review button or a start system or anything like that. So um, if you want to leave us a review, do that. If you want to tell us, you know, we're doing a great job, you can send us an email, gmail.com, or you can uh, send us an email about any displeasure that you have uh, for the show. I don't need to tell you that. I've never needed to tell anyone that. Uh, you guys know where to reach us. And, uh, but one of the best things that you guys do for the show is share the episodes. I love getting, uh, getting my post deleted from Facebook groups for, uh, reposting a show that one of you guys has already posted in that group. Uh, it's just a good problem to have. So, uh, I really appreciate it and, uh, keep them coming. Lauren, what's going on in the Roach Coach? Oh, wow.
0: Well this, okay. So in the middle of June, we'll be celebrating another side project summer. So we'll be doing side projects and I believe the first side project that'll be up, this might be a spoiler, uh, but the first one that'll be going up is, uh, we'll, we'll be doing Shifty Shellshocks, um, solo record, uh, which is called, I have it right here but it is called Happy Love Sick. We did a whole episode on that and, um, yeah, we've got a, we got a few episodes, we've got a bunch of episodes in the tank right now, uh, as, uh, Jenny is on maternity leave and uh yeah i can say i haven't edited them all yet but when we recorded them they were great and so (laughs) and uh and so uh yeah so i hope everybody can uh check those out and enjoy those and and uh let us know what they think but uh yeah we're doing uh you know we're gonna do a bunch of side project albums this summer and uh you know provided there's no delay in our recording yeah we've got a bunch more new metal to cover for you guys as we always do we have uh, so many great recommendations that keep coming down, that blow our minds, that I have to go online and, against my better judgment, buy the physical copy because I can't help myself. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, lots of great new metal to come. Some wonderful side project stuff. I can tell you, I-, I won't say what band it is, but the last episode we recorded before Jenny went on maternity leave uh, was uh, as one, a particular side project that we had been eyeing. And uh, it was it was a whole lot of fun to do, and it's uh, it was a pretty wild time, and uh, yeah, I uh, yeah so yeah you know us it's new metal all the time new metal I don't know if you guys have heard is back Limp Biscuit is playing Lollapalooza all right so oh, it's back it's been it's back. back it's back Mudvayne is back Corn is touring with Stained this summer, you guys new metal it is back and uh, if we had even a point zero percent Impact and making it happen. Happy to help.
1: Gabbermedia.com forward slash roach coach. That's coach with a K.
2: Thank you. Is there
1: any other kind of coach?
2: Not that I'm aware of. I haven't used the actual term coach for its actual meaning probably in like two years. So when I hear the word coach, it's all roach coach. That's it. You you can't you can't pay for that kind of association.
0: You can't, and we're not. So there you go.
2: (laughs) Perfect. Hey, guys, this is Dan for the future. And I just want to take a minute to shout out our beloved Patreon subscribers. You guys are the best. And I want to shout you out right now. And that would include Lost Fiction, Kyle Driver, Timu, Ray and T.A.O. I can't ever say that one. (laughs) Uh, So I'm sorry. Uh, But Timu, we love you. Thank you so much. Uh, Dangerous Dave, Ryan Rowe, Richard Renz, Big T. Big T. Josiah Heiberg, Brandon Miranda, Ken Zapla, Tantalized Fungins, Best Name ever, Jeremy Prince, Josh Moser, David Brown, Samuel Woodward, Brian Dean, Josh Jacob Jingle, Schmidt, his name is my name too, Lance Alligad, The King of Metal, Alexander, Patrick Asplund, and Jeffrey De Los Santos. The actual Mac. Thank you guys so much for being our Patreon subscribers. We love you guys so much and uh we
1: love hanging out with you guys every month. Gentlemen, who wants to tell me about Filter? I'm going to give that over to Lauren.
0: Oh boy. Well, you know, Filter, um Richard Patrick, Brian Lee's gang got it all started with Short Bus in 1995. And uh you know, originally Richard Patrick was the touring guitarist in Nine Inch Nails. He is the uh, the mentioned piggy on the downward spiral. That song is about Richard Patrick, and uh, he went off on his own to form this band with Brian. And uh, yeah, so they put out Short Bus, Hey Man, Nice Shot, the first single. The single that Richard's going to be eating off this uh, this song forever. I believe this is I believe it's still in at least one movie trailer a year. And uh, this record, um, I guess we'll just start in on this record. Uh, it stands the fuck up. It is of the era. It definitely sounds like the middle of the nineties production wise and a lot of the sounds, but the songs are here. It rips. And, uh, every time I go back to it, I think every time I go back to this record and I've been listening to this record since 1995. And I think, have I underrated this record? It's really good. But every time I go back, yeah, it's really good. Dose. I mean, hey man I shot into dose into under what a one, two, three. What a one-two-three! Uh, so yeah, this was uh, you know going back to this thing. Always a pleasure. Um, this mix of, I mean, it's funny is that the the whole industrial tag on it is there, but really, it's alt rock, baby. It's alt rock.
1: It's that weird mix that I only remember from the '90s, where we had alt rock mixing with a little bit of that electronic sound that we got from Euro pop. So it wasn't exactly industrial. It was like melodically enhanced alt rock. But this came out in 1995, and it very much does sound like Nine Inch Nails, just not as Trent Reznor aggressive, a little more laid back. I could see a fan of Radiohead being into this because it's a little more extreme, but it is extremely atmospheric, and it gets the job done. It reminds me of listening to those songs on the radio when you had an alternative station that actually played alternative music. I don't know if I agree
2: that it sounds like Nine Inch Nails uh, all that much. I mean, other than the fact that the sound might have been a little bit cosmetically similar because of what year it was, um, I think is is really the only similarity I hear. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. I would say this record for me is, I remember it so well just being, number one, just being in a garage, you know, <laughs> the entire time <laughs> listening to an echo off of the walls but um rolling newspapers it was just a it was just a a very i don't know like a, like a chunk of dirt that's been broken off like like it's very it's very hard in my opinion it's probably the angstiest uh filter record out there um it's certainly the he- i don't want to say it's the heaviest because there are some pretty some some ball busters on uh, on titled record but um uh, <laughs> I don't know. This record just to me just seems very dingy. It's like the cantina in in Star Wars. Uh, it's just a very lived in. Reminds me a lot of dust for some reason, and uh, I can't for some reason I can't shake that and uh, an ink. But uh, what I what I really like about this record though is I like that it is subdued aggression. If that's a real if that's a word that people use. Uh, it's certainly angry. It's certainly pissed off, but it's done with a finesse that I kind of feel like a lot of bands really couldn't capture. Bands could either just be all angry or, or all soft, like all happy feelings or all sad feelings. Um, Short bust makes me feel a variety of different things. Uh, be that anger, frustration, or just ho- hopelessness, um, which is weird because my favorite song on Shortbus is so cool. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and I don't know if it's just because like I had to listen to the record so many times that I was just happy w- once we had gotten to the end. And you might get like a solid five to six minutes where the dude didn't go over and and, and hit the play button again uh, on the record, or you know get out a different record and put it in. Because uh, <laughs> this is old school. You know you had to. You, you know he's like, I don't want to walk all the way out to my car and get my CD case. That's what he used to always say. So we just listened to Filter the, the entire time. Uh, but I like So Cool because it's, it sounds different than the rest of the record. Uh, kind of gives a little bit of a, uh, of a melancholy, melodic sort of vibe. Um, and I've consistently been into stuff like that throughout my life. I think that's why I got really, really, really into stuff like Sunny Day Real Estate and stuff because it was very, um, melodic, but also kind of hopeless sounding. <laughs> and, uh, they, they definitely elicit that emotion throughout this record in multiple places. Um, but they do it a little bit differently on "So Cool," and it just stands out to me on the record. Obviously, besides the 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 acclaimed hit single "Hey Man, Nice Shot," which I, I, it obviously is an unfuckable with song.
0: It's a good way to put it. Good way to put it. The uh, the thing is with this album, I also it, it always feels uh, of a piece with the first Foo Fighters record because they both came out at the same time, and they seem to have I don't know just similar production choices. I uh, and I. I mean, this could just be nostalgia ears talking, but these are just two records that I remember at the time hearing something like um, uh, whatever the last... Exhausted off of uh, off of Foo Fighters, and then something like So Cool and just feeling they both had this sort of like distorted, you know, whatever thing. And then when you realize that it's basically Foo Fighters record is one guy doing everything, and this record is largely two guys doing just about everything but then when you read in it sounds like it's mostly richard patrick with a little bit from brian gang. um and so there is you know still sort of these like small armies making these uh these records um but i mean as a debut i mean having having the monster single helps a lot and i think I think what was able to carry this band for four years during all the various internal, you know, struggles that they had to get to 99 for title of record was that they dropped so many killer soundtrack cuts that just kept everybody hyped. Because I know you guys don't talk about EPs and stuff like that, but Jurassic.
1: Don't do this to me, Lauren.
0: Jurassic. I'm just saying that's the type of thing you drop, and everyone goes, "We ain't done with Filter." When's that next Filter record coming? Because Jurassic. I just fucked my shit up. So, yeah, so, yeah, strong, uh, strong start from the boys.
2: 100%. And uh, it's definitely a record I'll probably never listen to again, if I'm being honest. But It sounds uh, like
0: it sounds like you have just too much trauma related to it. It's man. not
2: trauma. It's not trauma. Yeah, it's it's just... trauma.
0: If they were playing any record, any record every day for a whole summer, for a whole summer, you said?
2: Yeah, two summers two summers yeah i came back for more i and he was still like
0: filter baby every day
2: yeah oh yeah
0: dan how did you not murder this man
2: uh so i didn't make it through the entire second summer (laughs) i failed to mention that uh i made it about halfway through and then so it's more like a summer and a half i guess but uh basically i just uh threw down all of his papers and walked out. Uh in the in the middle of all of it.
1: That had nothing to do with that had nothing to do with filter. <laughs> but, but for the sake of this podcast, we're gonna say it well, does. It's yeah. <laughs> print the legend.
2: Print the legend. Yeah, very fine. Yeah. It's like Alice Cooper. I did bite the chicken's head off on stage or
0: something all right. like that. Yeah, well, we'll yeah, we'll print the legend and then we'll tie it up and put it in a bag and have it delivered out.
1: Perfect. All right. Are we ready? Chop chop. For title of record nineteen ninety nine so it's like a Let's sarcastic name, right?
2: For a record.
0: It's, uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely a situation where, you know, I, I could, I can hear Richard Patrick in, a, in an interview and he might've even said this where they're just like, they asked us for a title. And we said, what's, what's in the place now? Title of record? Perfect. Yep. That's the one. I mean, even, even the way that, I mean, they've got the, 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 um, the barcode on the front, all the stuff that normally would be tucked away in the back of the record is on the front of the record. Subversion. Subversion. So I'm just going to say this record rips. It's incredible. And uh, I noticed you've got up here the images from the reissue, 2020 reissue, which what a gift to have all of the songs on take uh, on title of record. And then it follows up with Jurassic and Can't Trip Like I Do. Incredible. Incredible gift. Uh, this thing is, this. Uh, I think this is the best side A of any filter record um i mean all the way up take a picture i mean that's a run what a run for this band and not to say that like the second half is bad but i mean that's for the slower stuff skinny answer i'm not the only one but also you got i will lead you in there which is a top five filter track and and then it closes with miss blue it's great production on this record incredible ben gross Did co-production with Richard. That guy knows what the fuck he's doing. Sounds monstrous. Sounds... It hits in all the right ways. Plenty of texture. This is prime stuff. I I love this record. All-time record. All-time record for me. How about you guys?
1: I love how this record opens. Everything that you said about the last album reminding you of the first Foo Fighters. And it having that 90s sound. When I think of the 90s, I'm thinking of... Post-grunge, grunge, alternative, new metal in its infancy. I'm hearing the mids are scooped out. Everything sounds a little boxy, but it's not a bad thing. It just has this sound that I don't think has been duplicated in recent years. And when I hear this album start, the guitars are a little bit shaky. They're not clean. They sound a little too loose when they're playing those notes on those strings. And then the digital drums come in with the regular acoustic drums, and then that atmospheric voice. And I'm right back at 1999 when I was trying to write music and I didn't have access to all the tools. So here's my song ideas with fully fledged out guitars that are just a little too stringy. And then, yeah, the drums are fake because I don't have a drummer. And it just something about that combination for me just reminds me that 1999 was a completely different year for music on the radio. And I don't know a better way to go back to the 90s than this album by Filter, because if it's not this, it's Significant Other by Limp Biscuit. We're back in the 90s. I love it. So I have a confession to
2: make. Uh, I not listened to this entire record ever at any point before we did this episode. Uh, and so to say that I was surprised uh, by what I heard would be a massive understatement. I think I had heard "Take a Picture," right? And I want to say I'd heard "Welcome to the Fold," uh, but I heard the singles. Uh, "Take a Picture" set me up for an experience that I definitely was not going to get <laughs> for the rest of the, <laughs> for, you know, for, for the rest of my experience. But it was a very pleasant surprise. Um, yeah, my wife and I have been watching Bob Ross uh, lately. And so it was a happy accident. I, I went into this record expecting the entire thing to sound like Take a Picture. And it's funny because I knew, you know, I knew what Short Bus sounded like. But I didn't, like, when I heard Take a Picture, I didn't believe the DJ when he said after the song was over that that was filtered, right? Uh, it just wouldn't connect the dots. It just, it sounded it sounded way too different. Uh, and for some reason, I thought it was Guster for some reason uh, when I heard Take a Picture. I used to actually think uh, when I would make, like, tapes off the radio because I loved the song so I, I would record it on the radio uh, and I would put right out my own track listing or whatever and I w- would write take a picture by Guster uh, next to it uh, which is really really stupid like now as an adult but that's just uh, it's the, it's the kind of thing you did this record is in my opinion 10 times the record that short bus was um, all of the elements are in place this record has an insane amount more of di- insane amount more uh, this record has way more <laughs> dynamics to it uh, than anything else that they, that they had, had put out before, um, and they're going to kind of expand on that um, as time goes on. Um, I think the hardest part about this record is I kind of feel like the rest of it was kind of a letdown, uh, the rest of the discography, and I think that like this, that's not to say that the rest of the records are bad, but this one was just so good and really set me up with a really good vibe for like, oh, sweet at first it was like oh god i gotta listen to filter and then it was like i listened to this record like two or three times and i was like oh man i get to listen to filter for the next you know three or four days (laughs) you know and so it was it ended up being a really good uh thing um it's gonna kill me it's probably my favorite song on the entire record um
0: yeah that's i mean they do those vocal effects on there in the lead up to the chorus incredible i mean yeah when i was in high school that was oh i remember cranking up my car and like like looking at people like, get ready. You ready for this part? Here it comes. <laughs> yeah, this um, yeah, this record. I, I think what also makes this one uh really stand out in the discography is that it has a perfect arc and it ends on a good song. There are subsequent albums where you're like, Is the album done? But they're not done? What's going on here? And um this one, Miss Blue is a very good finisher, although um, it has that secret track of weird noises and demo stuff that they put in like 20 minutes after it, which,
1: you know. It was the 90s, Lauren. We did was this thing the, called know, Hidden Tracks.
0: I know. I know. I, I love and respect the Hidden Track.
1: Did you do the thing right. where you flipped the disc over as soon as you bought it and looked to see if there was extra information in the middle? No. I
0: would never do that. What I would do is you put it in the CD player and then you look to see how long it is. And then you hit the program button and it tells you song length. And then you click through to see how long every song is. And then when you get to that last song and it tells you that it's like 27 minutes long, you go, got it. There's something hidden in there. <laughs> and, then, and then the first listen, you just wait it out. You just put it on. Somebody knocks on the door say, now, right now, we're hunting for secret tracks. Come back later. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then after you realize if it, whether or not it's, you know, in the case of Deftones Around the Fur, a beautiful gift of a bonus song or in the case of title of record just a bunch of noises and screams and you know you're feeling completest about it you'll let it play out but most of the time you just hit, hit stop and what about the first time out.
1: you listen to Nevermind and you hear endless nameless for the first time so let me tell you i did
0: not know about that for months i would get to the end and then i'd be like gotta go and i just hit hit stop and move on I had no idea because that was like one of the first cds i ever got so I was at a cousin's house, I think my cousin was babysitting my sister and I, I brought my Nirvana Nevermind CD with me, put it in the CD player, we're listening to it while doing something, and it plays to the end, and then we're sitting there in silence, and then, oh boy, right. endless, what is this? Didn't know, I didn't, I had no idea. That's how I found out, blew me away. We were like, what is this? What is this? Lauren, what is this? I'm like, I don't know. The CD, there's more to it than I thought.
2: Yeah, I used to fall asleep that was my problem. Is I'd always fall asleep halfway <laughs> through a record. I still, I still do that. Uh, and whenever you have a hidden, it's not so bad in the age of Spotify because um, I can set my phone to just like turn the music off after like however long. Uh, but yeah, no, I would just let records records go, um, and would usually get woke up to screaming because I'd, I'd listen to them in headphones. You know, um, I used to have I used to have these really 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 long headphones, this this really long cord. Uh, for my headphones, and I'd plug it into the stereo, and I'd walk all the way, like across my room, and just let the let the cord be there, and I lay there in bed, and listen, and yeah, and the weird part is, is that I didn't stop doing that. Uh, well, after I'd been woken up, like you know, an, a half hour later to to loud screeches or <laughs> or whatever, and it's it's largely probably why I have like nervous ticks and stuff now. Like I'm just I'm just sure at any moment something's gonna jump out and scare me. <laughs> it's
0: nothing and, to be afraid of. It's just a secret track.
2: It's a secret track. I mean, Incubus did it to me. Uh, you know, we mentioned Calgon earlier. It's a lot of the same stuff there. Um, luckily, I didn't have Title of Record back then, so uh, I did not get uh, terrorized uh, by Filter in that respect. But uh, yeah, Title of Record was just—I mean, it's a—it's—it's it's probably the most perfect Filter album, in my opinion, um, in that it displays everything that the band has in their kind of musical grab bag. Uh, they pull it all out. They show it all to you. Uh, they put it back in the bag. It's over. Um, and they're going to use all those elements again, but I think not as in profound of a way, at least for the, early, at least for the first three or so records,
1: 2002, the amalgamate.
2: Oh, wow.
0: Well, let me tell you, I was all ready to go. I was like, when's the new filter record coming out? And then the buzz was, it's coming this summer, summer 2002. You know, the country's still in recovery, recovering from 9-11. And I said, give me that new filter record. Let's go. And I'm hearing the buzz about it. And they're doing interviews. They're talking about this tour they're going to do, where you can enter the venue through the backstage and hang out with the band eat pizza with the band like this is gonna be the summer of filter i'm waiting filter does a does a live performance of my long walk to jail and i believe conan tuned in for that look at these guys are looking as good as ever still rocking that all leather thing pick the record up and then i think within a week they've canceled the tour richard patrick has checked himself into rehab and the record's dead they just let it go that being said this is one of the best filter records the thing is is that it it runs into the thing of it is trying to do title of the record again we got the same producer ben gross is back he's got the same band all helping out with some co-writing um and you've got you know an, you know got you've got I'd say two attempts at another, uh, maybe three attempts at another uh, take a picture with where do we go from here, the only way is the wrong way and goddamn me. I would say the problem with the record is that after goddamn me, you've still got, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of album left and not much songs. World Today and The Fourth are basically just a lot of just boops and beeps and noises. Um, That being said, though, tracks one through nine, rock solid. Some great ones in there. Um, but at the same time, you can hear like you walk away American cliche and, but you don't want to take it for granted. But at the same time, that is like filter, like textbook filter. We've heard them do these tricks before. They're good tricks, but that we've heard them do those tricks before. Now, the only way in the, is the wrong way. I think that's like super stellar. One of their best tracks and goddamn me is also one of their best tracks. Uh, it's, uh, but it is one of those things where, you know, in the, in a properly promoted situation, this might've taken them over the top or kept them on the top. But as, uh, Richard Patrick has said, if he hadn't checked into rehab, he would have died. So you got to do what you got to do. So, yeah. So I think this one is, uh, I think this one is, is I'll give it a, a, a solid real, real good. Um, but not great.
2: I think if they had harvested the singles out of this more, like I said, yeah, he's in, he's in rehab, so they can't do any of that. Right. And it kind of—it's kind of a bummer too. And I don't know how involved uh, their record label was in the actual like composition. I mean, all I can say is it's 2002, so they probably were pretty involved. <laughs> um, just because that's with a band at this level. We um, need you guys you know, to
1: write another "Hey Man, Nice Shot."
2: Yeah. So I mean, you hear, you hear. Well, no, that I think they were. No, you need to write another "Take a Picture,"
1: and so they did that <laughs> a few times.
2: And I feel like those singles could have taken them over the top because I remember Where Do We Go From Here being huge. Um I, want, I don't remember if that was the first single.
0: Yeah, it was the first single. Yeah, the only one it's got certainly the most
2: popular. It's certainly the most popular song on the record. Um but oh my god, listening to this again all the way through for the first time just several days ago. Uh, the transition from where do we go from here to column mind is ridiculous in a good way. Uh, this this was such a... Almost like a middle finger, too, if, if they were maybe forced to write more songs in the style of Take a Picture. And to put a song like Columneide right after Where Do We Go From Here? Well, now we know where we go. We go ultra heavy. Heavy in, in, in a way that I didn't think Filter had in them. Uh, and they're going to do this again a couple more times. Uh, even on later albums where I really wasn't expecting it. Um, and so this is the filter that I this is the filter that I really kind of latched onto as we uh, as we go through this discography. Where I was like, okay, so this dude gets it. Like as far as as far as having very extreme dynamics between song to song, um, but he's also a really really good songwriter. And so all of these all of these elements combine into a record that isn't exactly the master stroke the title of record was. But because it was written in the same mindset, it was written in the same, you know, I I guess drug addled mindset, I guess would would have been the mindset that they were in. Um, I don't know. It just I don't have a lot to say and I'm trying to stretch it out a little bit. But this record is uh, I, I think Lauren said it best. It's it's not as good as title of record, but still really good.
0: You know, the thing that's interesting for me about this record was when I was reading the reviews, all the reviews were like, you know, the rocking songs are fine, but we can get those anywhere. But songs like The Only Way is the Wrong Way and Goddamn Me, that feels very much just this band. Only they can merge those two sounds and that's them at their best. And it doesn't feel like, and we'll get into it as we go through the rest of the discography, but I don't really think they ever really duplicated those heights ever again. I think they have some nice songs on some later records, Um, but it feels like in that moment with that band was when they could achieve Take a Picture, The Only Way is the Wrong Way, these sort of perfect like rock-pop mixes that don't feel too light, don't feel too heavy they're just right there in the middle and you know they could i mean if they gave us a whole record of those wow that'd be amazing um but i think there's still this sense that he needs to do these other and things which is fine you gotta follow your muse you gotta follow your muse wherever it takes you um this is also i think the beginning of the political minded stuff that we're going to get from richard patrick um have you guys ever seen filter live I am not. So Filter Live is an interesting situation because it's a little like if someone said, hey, there's this band. They rip. You gotta go see them. There's just a catch. The catch is the lead singer is your dad. That's the it. That's it. (laughs) But otherwise, (laughs) they rip. I can't tell you. These guys rip, but your dad is the lead singer. Just want to stretch that real quick. All right, let's head on down. <laughs> and so you go to see Filter. Why do I feel like I'm gonna this... have
1: this conversation with Dan's kids at some point? Yeah, you are. <laughs> One
0: day, you are. Listen, you guys, his band, but well, singer. You're gonna, you're gonna recognize him. Um, literally, I've seen I've seen Filter twice, and both times I so saw him on the um, Army uh, or Anthems of the Damned tour and the Crazy Eyes tour, and. The in-between banter is strained and a little awkward. And if you want to experience a little bit of this sort of try-hard awkwardness, look up any YouTube interviews with Richard Patrick. I think there's a few on, like, Loudwire that will hit you with an incredible amount of cringe. Blue. Um, and not in a, not in like, a, he's not saying anything bad. He's just, he has that embarrassing dad energy and i remember when i saw him in yeah in 8 he's playing to a not very full room i was enthusiastically there i was like filters here this is exciting and i remember they would intro songs and like the intro would take a picture and they were like oh i guess like girls like this one i was just like own the music you wrote the song yeah don't hide from your song and but then when i saw him on the crazy eyes tour we're in the midst of the trump era and so every between song statement was very politically charged talking about all these things don't let those motherfuckers get to you and i could feel the whole audience being like is he gonna play another song (laughs) how much of this do we gotta go through because i could feel half the audience was like what are you saying about my guy and the other half of the audience going i agree with you but now is not the time right now is not the time. I am. I am here for. I'm here for some some deep cuts.
1: Hey, this is too deep of a cut. R- Richard, hey, hey man, N- nice shot. Can we play that now, please? please. just just play.
0: Yeah. So also opener on the Crazy Eyes tour, Orgy, mm. who had clearly done a lot of cocaine right before coming out, because but nobody wipes their nose that much during a 20 minute set. But um, yeah. So this album has column mind which is a song about Columbine uh, my long walk to jail has that American cliche has a fez a as like political uh, meanings to it and then it ends with the world today in the forest so that you have this sort of you know politically minded things coming in but we're gonna hit it harder with the, ne- with, with the next one. I'm feeling the oh, struggle
1: yeah. I'm feeling the duplication from title of record and I understand completely why that was the decision in 2002 The songs are not bad. They just don't hit the same way. I can hear somebody misguided trying to reach for the same feeling again, the same impact as everything that's been played up to this point. And not knowing about the rehab, I just thought this was, let's make that album again. Let's go for it a second time. Then 2008, Anthems for the Damned. Indeed. Quite the break Uh, (laughs) between... uh, between
2: records, um, not as much, not as much as some bands, Tool uh, or Zeo, but this is where I thought, like, okay, I just got done listening to the the three classic Filter records right? And then there's all this other stuff that that I don't know about. This has got to be where they're going to start to suck, right? <laughs> like, it's got to be. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. That this did not suck um i don't think it's as good as like again i don't think anything's as good as title of record uh but it was consistently filtery enough for me to be all like yeah this is this is actually a pretty decent comeback record
0: this record was interesting for me because i remember at the time i think i was doing like a i think i was doing a podcast with a buddy of mine very fledgling like two listeners situation and I remember when this record came out, I had, was hotly anticipating it. I'd been following everything. I, I was just holding up my Army of Anyone CDs. So, you know, I was still on the Richard Patrick train, anything that my man was doing. So it's like, okay, filter's back. But it's the band's gone. All the guys, Gino Leonardo, all those dudes, they're off. They're gone. This one's basically Richard and a, and a bunch of new guys. And uh, when I saw these new guys, it was very weird because they all looked to be like around my age at the time. So it was like he basically hired like a bunch of people that were like Filter fans to be in Filter. And this record is produced by Josh Abraham. And Josh Abraham, he's a lot of new metal credentials on his, on his resume, but he's noti- noticeably or notably uh, the producer on a lot of those big stained records. And when you have that in mind and then you listen to this album, you're like, yeah, this is Filter produced by the guy that did Stain.
1: And absolutely should work. You
0: know, I think this record, Richard Patrick has said that he felt that he deferred too much to Josh. And it, you can tell because this record, it feels like it should really start taking off and then it settles in instead. So any moment that it gets a ramp up, it then cools down and it has just some weird choices lyrically soldiers of misfortune which was the single that's a clunky just trying to say in it soldiers of misfortune does not roll off the tongue it's not and and when you hear the chorus you're like this is not this is a b minus c chorus this is not his best stuff but then when you go through it when you have songs like what's next and the wake and the take and in dreams that shit's killer but the take is incredible take take is great um in dreams is a west borland co-write coming from i think it was a leftover bit of song from when they did the underworld soundtrack is the the uh the what was that band called the drowning well something like that i don't remember um yeah something like that but it was the, the super group and so you've got yeah you've got some Wes on here you have all these touches but it's just a little muted only you another soft one in that realm but it has the Josh Abraham smear on it. So this whole album, it's funny. It, it looks kind of cloudy on the album cover with, uh, with the, the desert desert and everything. And it's kind of how it sounds. It's through a sheen. Through a sheen. It's not a bad listen. But like there's
2: some Vaseline on the lens or something? A little bit. A yeah. little bit.
0: It def- Definitely you're getting it. And the thing is, I think, so yeah, if you go through the rest of these records, I don't, Josh, uh, he doesn't let anybody, Richard Padgett doesn't let anybody sort of get in the way of his sound anymore. And I think the sound on every subsequent record is way brighter. I think this is the dimmest sounding of the, uh, of the filter records.
1: I was surprised to hear it sound the way it does in 2008. I say this a lot when we discover these records that we didn't listen to back in the day because it wasn't on our radar. It wasn't the popular thing. It wasn't metalcore, so Dan definitely wasn't seeking it out. But then I hear something that sounds like 1999 again. I'm always shocked to find how much of that does exist, and I'm excited because it reminds me that that band you liked really never stopped making music. It's a lesson that the radio just stopped paying attention because we can play Hey Man Nice Shot again. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with this record. Not as good as the previous by any means but it has the riffs it sounds like filter what more could you want Lauren I mean I mean, the funny thing is when it came out I was so
0: ready that I remember telling somebody this is the best thing they've ever done I love it I love it and then I sat with it for like a month, and and this is back, you know, prime CD era still for me. So I listened, you know, I was giving it way more listens than I think I give things now, and I was like, oh yeah, I've got I've got some issues with this one. But I remember this this one came out also around the same time as uh, Slipknot, All Hope Is Gone, which I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, they did it again, and then I listened to it a bunch more, and I was like, they didn't do it again. This is not one of the best ones. So yeah, this one I think I think. We'll get through it, but I think this might be my least favorite filter record. But we'll see. We'll keep going.
2: Well, yeah. And if that's the worst, I mean... Right? Did pretty good. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. If your worst sounding record is a perfectly listenable experience, just maybe not as good as what you had had before. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely uh, talked about a lot, a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, Head. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. They haven't dragged Mushroom Head through the mud recently, so... It sounds well to a, joe like we're ready for
1: the trouble with angels 2010 well, well 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 here we are this is way better than the last record uh,
2: <laughs> in my opinion i mean uh the riffs actually cut through the mix on this one and actually sound punchy uh i mean drug boy uh really comes to mind just i mean it's uh it's a very aggressive song and actually reminds me of kind of some other of more 90s material but everything sound like the production quality sounds so much more modern and in your face uh, this is where like the point in the night when I was listening do, doing this home stretch the last few uh, filter records I was like oh guys please don't put me to sleep please don't put me to sleep and I found that this record while still having its melodic moments definitely kept everything a lot harder uh consistently harder uh than really the last couple of records have, which which would always kind of go for a more melodic uh, approach. Uh, the trouble with angels, the song I found to be a little a little cringy with the vocal delivery at the beginning, but uh, still like the song anyway. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I really I really love this record. Uh, you know, uh, Absency Father, uh, actually really really liked. Uh, lyrics seem very very kind of sincere. On the more personal songs when he gets into religion and stuff uh it's a little it's a little forced i think but um yeah i like this one solid for me
1: i feel like the inevitable relapse is setting you up to remember what you love about filter even the cover of the album it's almost like a play on the albums from the late 90s and early 2000s it's like the new static x album where he's trying to remind us of the band that we really like not that the previous albums were bad it's just we're trying to recapture that intensity of presentation and it even has the same kind of kickoff i don't know if he's intentionally writing songs that remind you of that or if that's just the sound of filter this album needs the big opener and the big opener is just going to sound like this somebody with a podcast is going to be able to compare this to nine inch nails in some very small cosmetic way. And then we're off to the races guys. I really yeah, like the It compares everything to nine inch nails.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was having this salad for lunch today and I was like heavy nine inch nails influence on these croutons. <laughs> let me tell you, uh, this record, it was funny. I remember very heavily anticipating this one. I was like, still ready to go. Uh, I did the I did the pre-order and everything, so I got the deluxe edition here, which had an extra bonus disc, which, because I'm a busy guy, did not actually get to listen to that one on uh, my re-listen. But this record was better than I remembered. I don't think I thought it was necessarily bad or anything at the time, but I don't recall this being in heavy rotation. I like, remember I got it. I was very hyped to get it. I definitely listened to it a bunch of times, but then I think it just kind of got filed away. Um, but you know, this is, uh, he brought on Bob Marlette to produce. I think Bob did a great job. This is a lot brighter than the previous record and yeah, uh, there was just a lot on here that I was like, oh yeah, catch a falling knife. That's a good song. Yeah. No love. That's a really good song too. And 10 tracks in and out move on with your life. Can't beat that. So yeah, this one was uh this was a nice reminder of the the mid era, you know, had some bright spots. And so yeah, I thought this one was uh was uh yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Once again, filter, pretty good.
2: Yeah, I think that it, I think that they really they fixed any any issues that you would have had with the previous record, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the songs overall were a little bit less generic. It's hard for me to talk about music like this as non-generic, but like it's um I don't know, the way the way they went about it on this record, I really this one this one really stuck with me through the through the listening.
1: Um but honestly, uh, they don't we they don't really go downhill from here. No, not at all. 2013. The sun comes out tonight. Yeah, it does. The sun doesn't rise at night, sir.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh... So the funny thing for, for me on this record was I I didn't really ha- I d- I don't really have a strong connection to this one. I actually found that this was one of the few that I didn't have a physical copy of until like the last couple of years. I think I found it at a used record store. And uh, I went back and I was like, why? what was going on in 2013 that, that this record just did not hit for me? And then I looked up when it came out. It came out in June of 2013. June of 2013, I was moving. I was moving from Pittsburgh back to Michigan, and on top of that, you guys, Kanye dropped Jesus. Sorry, Filter.
1: <laughs> Gotta stop everything.
0: You're getting overshadowed, baby. It's just how it goes. And so this one was, I'd say, the record I was least familiar with. I knew I'd listened to it at least a couple times, and uh, it's um, it's got some really good ones on it that like fit in that perfect Filter wheelhouse. We hate it when you get what you want surprise once again trying to play into that take a picture vibe um, you know at the same time though this one it's rock solid but it does feel maybe like a little generic like it could be about anything or nothing at all so I had a good time with it um, I think it's rock solid but I'd say like it's it's
1: mid-range for the band it definitely has that generic feel That was happening in 2013 You nailed it on the head The songs could be about anything The first time I listened to this album I got flashbacks to My darkest days being on the radio Like the songs are clearly Written about one thing But they don't really commit to any of it They just make it as generic As possible then you find out that band Was heavily influenced And produced by Chad Kroger So it all makes sense I think it's interesting that Filter cashed in on that rock with over-the-top pop electronics from 2013 sound just to, I don't want to say that they were trying to maintain their standing because I think if you're a fan of this band, you're here no matter what, but you're right, it's 2013, there were other albums that were coming out, and I think this one easily got overshadowed. I still don't think it's a bad album.
0: The other thing that's funny about this record is that this is a situation of, um, back basically like two guys. This is Richard Patrick and Jonathan Radke on everything and Bob Marlette's back producing. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's once again, basically just, uh, two guys, which is, you know, harking back to the, uh, the first, the first record. So, and here's the thing, if you want to see what the process is for each filter record, just read through the Wikipedia for each album. Every album goes to like three different album titles and there's an entire plan that gets scrapped. We're going to do, we're going to call it this one thing that nah, doesn't end up happening. We call it something else. There's always something never. I don't think any filter record is not made under some level of duress. There's always something going on, which I think we'll get to.
1: <laughs> is it time for Crazy Eyes 2016? Let's talk about it. Let's talk. I've about got it. my reasons, Lauren. Let
0: me tell you, this record, once again, I was like, let's do it. Filter, you're back. Let's, let's, let's go. This was highly anticipated. I believe this came out the same day as Gore by Deftones. And at the time, I was like, Filter fucking did it. They really did it with this record. They're back in a way I never anticipated. And they, I thought it was a better record than Gore. I think I would still like it better than Gore. But on my re listen, I felt. The um the over like this is just a very political record. They said the tour was an incredibly political tour. And I would say that you get weighed down by it and you're like, I get it. I agree with you. I get it. I get it. Let's take a break. And so it just it it can be a little bit of of, by the time you get to your bullets, track ten, I'm like, I get it. I've been preached to. You're preaching to the choir. I got it. I'm all set. Um, but I think, I mean, there's some really solid tracks on here. I think nothing in my hands is a top 10 filter song. Um, but at the same time, something like welcome to the suck is like a bottom tier filter song. Like just no thanks. It's just a slow one. Uh, and yeah, I mean, this one's fine. I mean, this is, I believe sales wise, I think one of the least successful filter records. I think it has like the lowest chart debut. And I definitely on my re-listens, if somebody was like, Okay, I've heard title of record. I've heard short bus. I've heard the amalgam. Where next? I think five years ago I might have said this record, but now I probably would send them the trouble. Trouble with angels. This was honestly the biggest surprise in my realism was that how not excited as I was for this record as I had been a few years ago when it came out. Uh, not bad time, but um, I, I didn't. I, I thought it was. I thought it was just okay. I thought it was just okay. So what about you guys?
2: Well, despite me not being able to look at the cover without puking, uh, <laughs> it's just it's just something really odd about that, that I can't quite put my finger on um, and I don't really want to. Um, yeah, but uh, it, it didn't stop me from listening. Um, welcome to the suck. Uh, yeah, not, not great. Um, but uh, I don't know. I thought this record was kind of really in line with the last record. I feel like kind of at this point, I mean, other than other than it being an outrageously preachy record. Um, and like, I don't really even like, I don't know, it's it's frustrating for me, you know, kind of like Lauren said, like, whether I agree with you or not, I don't need you to repeat it over and over and over to me. <laughs> uh, and, you know, for a while, that's fine. If you want to do it at a live show, I'm probably not going to go see the band live, so I don't really care. But uh, this record was a little bit. um a little too in your face for me, but musically, uh, I think that it was uh, a bit of a step up from the last record. But honestly, by by this point in the discography, I think they're just kind of doing the same things <laughs> over and over and over again. Um, I like that it's more upbeat. Uh, there's not as much like slow, like I don't know, um, acousticy. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, what I used to what I used to call like. I don't want to say like college rock, but just the kind of stuff that you listen to at a party uh, in in two thousand one. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, they're they're the best at that style, honestly. But um, I don't know. I appreciated this record having, having being being solidly crunchy, but uh, the the lyrics really more or less turned me off. Um, and that's even with me not like disagreeing with them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It it makes its point. It makes its point again. It keeps making its point, and you're like, I'm I'm all set, man. I'm all set. I agree with you. Can we can we, we anything else? The topic, any other topic? could have made possible. a Twitter
2: post, man. Yeah. Could have summed and, all this up in a Twitter post. Yeah, yeah. Joe, what would you
0: think of this one?
1: At the risk of comparing it to Nine Inch Nails, I feel like the band is grasping on to that political message, and then they're trying to make something that is mentally disturbing so that you'll listen to what they have to say. It's in many ways the most old school sounding filter album. But then there's that message. There's that reason that the album exists. I'm having flashbacks to ministry. Yeah. No matter how much you need me to hear your opinion on this topic. This is one time. I agree with Jeff. Hey, I y'all. don't want politics in my music. I just want to listen to my music. On the other hand, dude wanted to write about this. This is what inspires him. Go for it. I just might not listen to it a second time because I don't need this message driven down my throat again.
0: I think the other thing is that, it, once again, it's it has big, preachy dad energy. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I can listen. I can. There's a lot of people I can listen to who their music is entirely. There are three Rage Against the Machine records that I have no problem listening to that are way preachy but whatever it doesn't matter but this it just has this yeah this dad energy that gets gets just yeah you, you're you all set and so this is the last filter record to date currently they have been attempting to put a record out for the last i don't know three years what's it going to be called lauren well so initially <laughs> it was going to be called rebus as a sort of sequel to Short Bus because it was originally going to be a reunion record of Robert, Richard Patrick and Brian Gang. They had gone together to see a Veruca Salt show, the 90s baby. And at the Veruca Salt show, I believe Louise Post, Veruca Salt, knew they were there. And of course, all these 90s bands, they all know each other. They're all touring together, high-fiving in the green room. And Louise Post called them out from the stage and said, you guys gotta... Put these, whatever issues you got behind behind you, get back in the studio, make a filter records with the people. And they said, you're right, let's do it. And so they said they were going to get back in, and they put a big thing together on Pledge Music. And anybody who follows Pledge Music knows that that turned out to be something of a pyramid scheme. It all fell apart, and I donated to it, and I didn't get my $40 back. I know some people who are very upset to this day about how this was all handled. that The band should have refunded them the money, what have you. Because what ended up happening was they were kind of giving updates, but then it seemed like a full record had been made, but then it was like, no, there's like a song or two songs. And, And so then there was this question of like, did they just sit on the money? What did they actually do with all the money? All this stuff when it seems to me based on articles I've read with Guys from Failure and other bands that they just didn't get any money. Like the money was all gone. It all went to the company and they never saw any of it. And they couldn't refund anybody if they tried. Um, and what I feel, but then after that, when asked in an interview, where's Brian now? Richard's like, I don't know. He could be somewhere. He could be, he's gone somewhere. And if I had to guess, the reason that there aren't going to be any or so few songs on whatever this, end, this new filter record ends up being from this re-collaboration between the two guys is is I have a feeling that once they got back in there together, the reasons why they weren't together in a band <laughs> propped up again. And Richard Patrick was like, I mean, Richard Patrick's been the main guy for what? 25 years? 20 I mean, he years. He is
2: Filter. Yeah.
0: He's Filter. So the idea of him, you know, conceding anything to somebody else seems kind of unlikely at this point. And. And I mean, granted, I mean, the big push on it is like, obviously, they would have moved more units if it was like the original lineup of Filter back together. You know, you'll move some more units there. You'll get some people. You run the nostalgia tour on that and what have you. But ultimately, didn't pan out. And so then the line was that the record, it was going to be a different record. It was going to be called They Got Us Right Where They Want Us, At Each Other's Throats. That was the line for a while. Then that got punted, and now the word on the street is that the album's going to be called Murica, which is the worst title they could have picked. And they've released a single for it, which is called... Let me find it. Let me find it. That, I think it's called Thoughts and Prayers. There's four songs listed as as possible tracks for this album. Murica, Thoughts and Prayers, Command Z, High as a motherfucker, and Come Take My Guns this has a strong possibility of being the worst filter record and it reads single, like a troll it does and the one single that they put out which is just i think it came out it might have come out like right before election day but it's all about trump and it's just terrible and it's I honestly one of the worst filter songs i've ever heard and so the and and the fact that they haven't followed that up with a release of any kind i mean you could put that up to pandemic but I mean, maybe maybe they read the room and realized this was not the way to go. So, I don't know. We'll see. But it, all all signs right now point to that he's decided to double down on all the political stuff from Crazy Eyes and really go all in, which uh, could uh, be a tough go.
2: And how was that not all in already on Crazy Eyes? It, it's just... Uh, yeah that that's the frustrating I think Joe brought up Ministry where we pretty much sat there for a half hour and had the same conversation where it's like dude do a different thing now <laughs> like you know let that little kid with a stick poke, poke and go, come on do something you know uh, and I think yeah you're going to put out a record called America in 2021 or 2022 and you're, you're kind of late to the party on that so yeah. um I think the best thing the dude could do at this point is just scrap all of it and be all like I'm just going to sit down and Think about why I started making music. Kind of get in that mindset again, and not so much the, how do I tie this into my personal beliefs? It's the it's right. it's the it's the Christian rock uh, dilemma, too.
0: Well, there was a critic I saw on Twitter who in the middle of, I don't even say in the middle, I want to say in the early days of the pandemic when everybody was pushing records back and that were already set to come out and they were pushing them back like a month or a week, what have you. And I remember him saying, they're gonna be bands that are gonna be trying to push stuff back and not release stuff or push it to next year. Like those bands are gonna be left in the dust because more than likely their music is like set for like right now and never any further. And they're just gonna have to eat it. And they're gonna be bands who are gonna thrive in this moment and put out records that are gonna define the year. And I think that largely did play out because um, I definitely think there were some records that came out. I mean, I love the 1975, but like their record, they pushed that thing back by, by like two months. And then when they finally did come out, when it came out, it was like, a, and then they ended up canceling their whole tour and then said, we're just going to go back and write a new album. And it's like, that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Because that record is, it was doomed. It was doomed. You know? Um, I mean... For every, you know, for every Ohms, which I think is a defies the situation. And, you know, we're still going to be talking about Ohms for years. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of other
1: records the other way around. So,
0: yeah, at this point, yeah, he should just call it a day on this thing and do do a new thing.
1: Final thoughts on Filter. Dan.
2: I was pleasantly surprised with Filter. Um, I thought I'd kind of had this band pegged as being a certain type of band. And I think sometimes they are that band I had them pegged as. But, um... I gotta stop saying the word "pegged." Joe's gonna end up having to bleep that, or YouTube's gonna remove it from the <laughs> algorithm. <laughs> uh, but I do think that uh, I, I do think that you know, like Lauren said at the beginning, I think that it's it's better that he's just all right. He always does a decent job. Like I said, none of these records are like at, at no point that I listen to any of these records and be like, oh, you know, like what, you know, why would you do? Well, maybe short bus, but for different reasons. Um, uh, but I think that like overall the dude's got a really solid body of work and it's kind of baffling to me how people don't really listen to filter albums, at least people on streaming services don't. Cause like I'm looking, cause you know, when you're, when you're listening to something on Spotify, you can see the stream numbers. And I know that's only accounts for a very small amount of years. Um, but it is interesting to see, like if you're, uh, if you're on Short Bus, you know, Hey Man, Nice Shot, 49 million streams. Uh, everything else, 368,000, 309,000, you know. Way more streams than I get, let me tell you. But it is one of those weird things where as I, as I went through these records and I kind of started paying attention to those, those types of stats, I was like, people don't listen to filter albums. They only listen to the singles. Or, you no, know, I mean, yeah, no, I stick by that. Just that it was the singles. Take a picture, 52 million streams, but, you know, a song that I think is equally, you know, is just as cool. um, You know, I'm not the only one. Yeah, I'm not the only one. 847, 847, 847,000. Still a lot of streams, but it is just weird seeing that drop off from the singles and all the other ones. And uh, so I would say overall, I I think that I probably will actually end up returning to a few of these records. Um, the Trouble with Angels, uh, most notably, I really enjoyed that one. Um, title of Record, which was kind of a new discovery for me. I'm the guy in 2021 that's like, have you guys ever heard this record called Title of Record by Filter? It's uh, it's really <laughs> incredible. You know, you guys, you guys should check it out. Um, you know, and, and so, yeah, I'd say overall, I mean, <laughs> well done. I can understand why there are people that are lifelong Filter fans, because I think that I think sometimes music doesn't have to change your life. But it can absolutely enhance, you know, your life, and I think that's a message that, you know, that maybe he needs to learn as far as uh, music not having to change your life and change your perspective on things. Sometimes you just want to rock out, and I think, for the most part, Filter gives us that.
1: I think Filter is one of the most consistent-sounding old-school bands. They've been around since the mid '90s, and they've been consistently delivering that sound, that vibe little bit of dirge on the guitars, the melody is there, we put the electronics in, it all works, it has that vibe overall, and when you get through the discography and you're still here, it's because you don't need the most extreme thing today, and other bands that have this same vibe can be a little too random, yes, this band has those moments where they go on and make sounds for 20 minutes, but that was the thing back in the day. I'm going to let it go. If I put in any of these albums, I'm going to get something worth coming back to. And to me, that is one of the most important things when you're listening to a band that you like. I may not be the super fan. We're going to get to the Dean in a second, but I am definitely a fan of this band. And I think you should be listening to Filter. Lauren Kozlowski, I summoned the Dean of new Metal to give his final thoughts on filter
0: <laughs> I, I gotta say you know filter always happy to go back and listen they're ne- they've never really left my rotation i would say some records haven't gotten as much play for me in recent years but title record and amalgamate i'm still playing those guys all the time and don't worry dan i'm listening to full albums you know no, I'm, I, a full, I, I I'm a you. full album i'm a full album guy till the day i die like i will put on a playlist every now and again and i'll be like what's going on what am i doing what am i doing to myself no, I gotta pull that album out. Like a song will come on that I know, and I know what the next song's supposed to be, and it's not. I'm like, something's wrong. Everything's <laughs> off. I gotta put an album on. So, yeah, I'm always gonna be an album guy forever. And, uh, you know, with Filter, you know, rock solid for the most part. And, and you know, I mean, three cla- to th- in my opinion, three classics in a row with Short Bus Title Record Amalgamate. And and it's one of those things like only when I'm like having to like really nitpick it, you know, that I get down to like, hey, you know, the last couple songs on Amalgamate kind of fall apart a little bit, and uh, you know, Welcome to the Suck not so great, what have you, but. Like you said, this was a pleasure. When you said when you called me you said Lauren, I'm going to need you to listen to every filter record I said done and done. Let's go. Pick a date.
2: You want to go right now? Yeah, let's go. Let's go, let's go right yeah.
0: now. And you're like I can't do it right now. I got covid. But in a couple of weeks. I'm like okay, right, great. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, recover. Don't die. And here we are. And yeah, so this is, you know, always a pleasure with Filter, always fun and uh you know i think i don't know if we were recording when we were talking about it. it's like it's like richard patrick not a genius he's just 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 does a great job just does a really good job and you can't say that for everybody you know now if the next record's a total stinker just kind of throw everything off what we're saying right now but right now with the collected discography that you can fit at least in my hand um you can't go wrong you can't go wrong lauren what's your album of the week Ooh, I knew you were gonna ask me this, and I was like, "Oh boy, what am I gonna say? What am I gonna say?" Because I've been—I've uh,
1: got these seven filter albums in my hand, and I just—I can't decide. <laughs> uh, I would say um, I'm, I'm gonna be—I'm
0: gonna be super obvious here, and uh, my album of the week is uh, "Is for Lovers" by Death from Above 1979. Um. Their new record came out in end of end of March, beginning of April, I want to say, and uh, it's another it's another great one from the boys. Those guys are, are ripping it up as always, adding uh, a little more um, electronic textures on this record, uh, a few more soft boys, uh, yeah. But I love it, and they're great, They're one of the best bands of all time. A gift that we got this record, another record. This record was done in 2020, and they said well, we're gonna we're gonna wait for 2021. This thing timeless. I love it. So, Death from Above. That's my pick.
1: Damn, what about you?
2: Well, I promise you are not gonna be as generically you as I'm gonna be generically me, but I'm gonna to have to go with the Crimson Corridor by Zao. There it is. I mean, another twenty twenty one release. Um I think they avoided kind of some of those issues in that they've had this thing in the tank forever. Uh I remember I remember talking to Jack because I, I had Jeff on Disgust Metal like back in early 2021 and he was like oh yeah the new album's completely done he's like it's been done he's like we're just going through the artwork and we're you know seeing how these reissues go we're seeing how all this stuff goes he's like but it's completely done and i'm like just release it he's like no 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 no. we got to release it at the right time well evidently the right time was 2021 because this record is incredible and it's not just because it's Zayo and because it's me um this is the not the very first time but this is the very first time i've ever seen zeo be at number 44 on the billboard. So they're, they're, they're doing something, something right. That's right.
1: For me, I went back in time and I pulled out Wisconsin death trip and I just listened to it until it got (laughs) old. And I gotta say it did not get old. There is a reason that record is the standard to most fans of static X. And I really enjoyed just going through it a few times. The heavy metal disco still fucking works. And I am not ashamed. I regret nothing. It didn't get old for you. You say, well, I was, do you want to help me work on
2: some newspapers uh, starting around June? And it's okay. I've already got a copy of Wisconsin Death Trip. So we can just put it on and only listen to that.
1: If you need help putting papers together, Dan, I'll be there for you.
2: All right. Sounds good.
1: It'll be a lot better than what I was going to do and say, does anybody want to hang out and talk about the movie short bus? No. Thank <laughs> God. <laughs> That's, no, a no. that's a deep cut. That's a deep cut right God. there. Uh, well. Lauren, gentlemen, thanks for hanging out.
0: Hey, always a pleasure. Thank you guys for having me on. You know, longtime fan. Always a pleasure to be on here to talk about a group's records. And you guys are the best. So thank you.
1: You want to take us out, DFT? I will take us
2: out to the ball game whenever that's allowed. I don't know if ball games are, are happening or no. I No, the Cardinals are playing. They're anyway, back. Sorry. Yeah, they're back. Okay, we're good. Um, if you've ever been listening to this podcast and you would like to have a little bit more of a direct role over what bands we talk about, we got a very heated message on on YouTube recently about a guy that was just straight up disappointed in our in our band choice. And um, you know, I, I I can certainly understand that. But there are a few ways that you can you can sort of influence what goes on with this show, and uh, you can reach out to us through a variety of different avenues. Uh, you can reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. You can find us on Instagram at Discuss Metal. You can send us an email at show at gmail.com. Uh, we have a Discord server. There'll be a link in the show notes for this episode that'll take you to our Discord server. And uh, that's where we discuss the bands. We were talking about what bands we're going to talk about on the show, what other listeners' favorite bands are. The Discord server is kind of the place to be. Um, if you like the show and like to support us on Patreon, uh, you can certainly do that as well. There'll be a link to Patreon here. And uh, we've actually just recently started doing monthly Patreon subscriber hangouts, uh, which have been a lot of fun. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun being able to sit down with you guys, get your recommendations, your thoughts. Uh, and you know if you if you you love the show or you have grievances with the show or or anything uh i just like how open everybody has been about all that stuff so it's really cool just getting able to hang out with people one-on-one but um yeah so we we've got it all we've got merch uh we'll have a link to our teespring store that'll take you to all of our lovely merch that has our logo all over it all kinds of items coffee cups cell phone cases, comfy socks, a comfy hoodie, which you're probably not going to need in the summer. So go ahead and go
1: with that short sleeve. And on that note, this has been episode 228 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit discussmetal.com for all things discography discussion, and please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discussmetal. We have some sweet perks. Hey Joe, can I have some money? One dollar a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed.